We're known for our hospitality, and I think that's another thing that works for us. How can it be improved? It can be improved by so many ways. It can be improved by training. It can be improved by understanding, and it can be improved by by really putting the customer first. This is My Digital Impact, a podcast brought to you by the NDI Novara Technology Network in partnership with Red Hat. For this episode, we're graced with Agnes Hervasho, the CEO of MDI Novare, as she dives into a conversation on customer experience obsession. My name is Stan C, and joining me for today's conversation is Agnes Hervasho, the CEO of MDI Novare, as she dives into a conversation on customer experience obsession. Hi, Agnes. I hope you're doing well today. And I just want to start off by asking how you are, especially since we're living in such unprecedented times. Good morning, Stan. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. How has your industry shifted? I know you work in tech and customer experience, but how, is, how have these industries adapted and shifted given uh, these circumstances we're living in? Well, don't forget, there was Tal Volcano before all of this. That right. was a dry run. That was dry run for us, really. Mm-hmm. The strong culture and the strong processes that has been established in MDI Novari has actually allowed us to shift to work from home very seamlessly. I remember in March 15, and as I'm talking to you right now, Stan, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. A week before March 15, we actually shifted to work from home. 95% of our employees were uh, uh, shifted to work from home, and uh, the 5% remaining were those that were actually at customer premises. And um, I'm very proud of that fact, but it does not take away the fact that, you know, it's been very, very challenging for the rest of the country. At the end of the day, I'm Filipino and, uh, you know, I look across, I don't see a very pretty picture. Today's numbers are not very encouraging as well. And um, I think we all have to do our bit. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I can really understand how for all of us, regardless of what industry we work in, there's a bit of a bittersweet feeling. Obviously, you can't ignore what's happening outside of the four walls we're in. And yet, uh, we also have to focus on doing what we can just to get by, to put food on the table, to make ends meet. You know, we're going to talk a lot about the experience of the customers, but I also want to get a sense of the experience of the people who are in that industry. How are they adapting on like an individual level? Do you get a sense of where they're at through this time? Well, let's look at it from the industry perspective first, MDI Novare, Uh, because the decisions that were taking much, much longer, a year, two years for people to digitize, digitalize rather, it's not a reality anymore. They have to accelerate their decisions towards digital transformation. The market would not allow it. You know, I mean, I'm sure Stan, you on your phone, when you open it up, you have apps there that allow you to pay and allow you to book deliveries, allow you to pay your groceries. and An absolute and have them game deliver. changer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We have shifted to that almost overnight, I would say, you know, I mean, I was having a discussion with Angel the other day and I, I was talking to her about my uh, delivery app. The UI UX sucks, you know, when I first <laughs> used it March last year. But right now, I don't buy anything outside anymore. I just go on that app and have everything delivered. But in as far as the workforce is concerned, I think everybody's going through the same difficulty. Everybody's going through the same challenges, you know. COVID is real. COVID is out there. However, 
I think being in the IT industry, business-wise, we're, we're doing well. It's some, like I said, people have to make their digital transformation decisions sooner rather than later. Otherwise, they'll be taken over. I, I remember you mentioning that you weren't very satisfied last year with your experience with the app. You said that the UI UX sucks. And coming from somebody who works in the tech industry, those words matter. Those words have weight. And I've heard a lot about you. I know you're no ordinary CEO and it goes beyond <laughs> executive officer. Because for you, I heard that it's really about customer experience obsession. So, so let's start with a big question, Agnes. Why do you love being a customer? I love being a customer because I think I love giving service and uh, I know how service looks like. I've, I've been in sales forever. That's where I started my career, really. My background is tech. Actually, I have a ECE degree from Mapua and learning culture in MDI doesn't lose on me. I just finished a course in MIT design thinking. And I think this all helps towards us being better at serving our customers. I'm sure you're a customer. You're a customer every day, Stan. And sure. uh, when when you receive good customer service, doesn't that leave you with a good feeling that you know all your needs are met, that uh, what you paid for is actually something that they deliver more than that? Absolutely. Uh, I love that you mentioned that last bit because I am Chinoy and the stereotype for us Chinois, right, for, for Chinese people is that you want to get your money's worth. You want to make sure that what you spend for is practical. And customer service is a huge part of that. So uh, we're also very aware that customer service is is very two-sided. It can be good. It can be bad. It can be in between. So, oh, goodness, yes. Right? So I, I'd like to know your experience, your unforgettable experience with regard to customer service. Like if you had to set the bar somewhere, where would it be? Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, this is a fantastic story. I remember in the late, mid-90s, that's how long it was. I had this travel agent. They were an industry at that point. There were travel agencies that were like really there. Her name is Dea and she's been taking care of me since then. I had a family vacation that that was like really bad. You know, I was taking my kids and my, my nephews to Hong Kong to celebrate my daughter's 18th birthday. And I said, oh, I want to save on the, on the ticket because, you know, it's, it's an hour and a half flight and all that stuff. And she said, okay, I'm, let me get you this uh, budget airline. So we set it up and she said, oh, it's going to fly out of Clark at five o'clock in the morning, brings you to Hong Kong to your hotel, nice hotel, Disneyland, the whole bit, right? So I got into Clark and, and she was even suggesting a hotel for overnight and said, no, no, I can park the car there somewhere and all that stuff. All the kids were very happy, excited. You can imagine some of my nephews, it's their first time to travel abroad. Mm -hmm. We got there. There was no such airline. Wow. There was no such airline that was taking off from Clark. Unbelievable. Three, you can imagine. It was a 5 a.m. flight. It was 3 a.m. I gave her a call and I said to her, there's no such thing as that airline here. And she said, oh, my goodness, Agnes, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And I said to her, just fix it. Put down the phone. And before I put down the phone, she said, why don't you try and make it to, to Manila Airport? And I said, okay, we will still try. Long and short of it, of course, we didn't make the flight anymore. Everything was canceled because it was a whole, uh, it was a whole package. She gives me a call at around um, 6 a.m. And she said, I will meet you at the airport. You know what she did? She got me great tickets, not a budget air airline at all, full fare tickets for all of us. And I know she did not make any money on that transaction. And you know what she did also? She threw in 
Disneyland passes. She threw in other passes in order for me to feel good. And the thing she was like, you know, looking forlorn, beaten, whatever, what have you, looking at the floor when I met her at the terminal and she said, Agnes, of all people, it has to be you were in, I will make a mistake. I mean, how's that for customer service? Yeah, sure. You know, our flight was delayed by what? Five hours or so? Because we finally, no, no, sorry, half a day, really. Because we finally took off in the afternoon going to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know, I'm forever loyal to her. Even today, whether I don't need a travel service, I will go to her for anything and everything that, that, you know, that's related to travel. So that's fantastic customer service. You know, she has my business for the rest of my life. I can tell you that. How many years has Daya had your business? Oh gosh, how many years? Since 95? That's a long time. Years? That, that's 26 <laughs> years. There you go. You're good at math. You're better at math than I am, Stan. <laughs> that is a long time. And it really speaks about how well she performs her, her job, her, her obligation to you as the customer. So from that story, Agnes, I want to get some benchmarks. So what do you look for exactly when it comes to the customer service experience? I want somebody who can be able to deliver what I need. I need somebody who will be able to advise me that you don't know that you need it, but actually you do kind of thing. I want an expert guidance coming from that person also. And I want someone who will probably look at it from the standpoint of, uh, you know, giving me fantastic customer experience because that was a bad thing when we started, but it was a fantastic thing when she ended right? That was 10 years ago. That experience I'm talking to you about, Stan, mm -hmm. was 10 years ago. Hey, she still has me as a customer until today. And that says a lot. That says a lot about your loyalty to her because you were so satisfied with what uh, she was able to provide. I got to ask, when it comes to customer service, more often than not, we get in touch with these uh, customer service representatives when things go awry. So would you want to have uh, somebody who keeps it real with you, so to speak, somebody who tells you like it is? Or would you rather have somebody who tries to sweeten their language and tries to uh, make it land not so hard when it comes to just give you a lay of the land of what's going on? Like, for example, if there's a service that's uh, going crazy, I want someone to talk to that will be able to give me exactly what the picture is. I want to be able to see exactly where the problem lies and all that, because that's also how I deliver my messages to our customers. Nothing is perfect. No project will ever be perfect. There will be hitches along the way. But I also believe that the way you deliver the message makes the difference. But I want to find out exactly what the problem is instead of like, no, ma'am, it's going to be fine. That's toxic positivity. I don't exactly subscribe to that. No, you know, we've heard a lot about toxic positivity over the last year plus. I'm glad you mentioned it. And it's reassuring to know that that problem is also being acknowledged in customer service, something we all go through at some point in our lives. Now, we talked about your best customer service experience or your best customer experience. Can you talk to me about the inverse of that? What's the worst experience you've had of being a customer? And maybe uh, just to preface this a little bit, is bad or worse or worst even the proper way of putting it? Do you have all day, Stan? <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's so many examples going through my head right now. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But One's got to stick out. 
Yeah, one one is sticking out. One is sticking out. As you can see from my experience with Thea, that was a fantastic customer experience for me. And, and I'm very loyal. I'm very, very loyal. So I started a relationship with somebody who's actually making my clothes, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's call her Modista A, right? Okay. So I'm very busy all the time. I mean, I, I think that that applies to all of us. And, you know, I'd like to go in, pick out one, two, three, four, five, six, because I know I have events one, two, three, four, five, six, right? You know, nothing expensive, nothing fancy or anything like that. You just want to be prepared, right? And I only do it a couple of times a year because I'm always very busy. So I go in, I go this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, right? So I started a relationship. It started out fantastic, right? And then, of course, I would go back again once in a while and all that. Up until the time that I said, oh, you know, the fit is really awful. The fit is really awful. Can you kindly take another measurement, you know? And she said to me, um, just just drop it off the shop. I said, is, is nobody going to do pins and all that stuff? No, just drop it off and all that. I think that's one thing about me as a customer. I don't like discussions. I call it, I don't feel the love. That's how I call it, Stan. Yep. When I feel that I don't feel the love anymore, I just drop it. And she has not heard from me ever since. And this was what, 2016? Up mm-hmm. to now, she has not heard from me ever since, you know, she was saying, Hey, how are you doing? And all that stuff. And I doesn't respond anymore. I hope I'm sure she got my drift right there. And then was it the lack of communication? Because from that story, I picked up that it started becoming very impersonal. It started becoming aloof from their end, like just drop it off at the shop. And even if I were in your shoes, I would probably feel a bit cold towards that relationship. Was that it? The fact that she does not go the extra mile to make sure that the end product will be to my satisfaction. I think that was what it was, you know. In the beginning, you know, she would take her measurements herself. And she, if she's traveling and she's unavailable, she would have uh, simanang and take the pins and all that stuff for me. However, after that, it was a different ball game. Ball game. Just drop it off, you know. And are you even concerned about how the final product would look like? I don't think she was. And um, that's really bad customer service. Yeah, I totally understand because I've had a similar experience where, um, you know, you were lucky to uh, even have still talked to the provider of that service. Because in my case, I really felt like they didn't care at all. And I think that is my worst customer service experience where I really felt like my needs were not being prioritized. I felt like my concern was one of many concerns that, you know, they didn't have the time of day for. You know, Stan, here's another one. Uh, as we shift into, uh, you know, into this pandemic mode, some of the chains actually started doing personal shopper. You know, you'll just call, send them a Viber message, yes. and they'll do the shopping for you. And let me tell you, this is a fantastic customer experience for me. I would send her a note saying, hey, I need a UV light. And she will send me everything that she has in the store. And she would say, this is the measurement. This is the wattage and all that stuff. And I think she does extra customer service because I'm sitting in the comfort of my home, probably still in my PJs, and I'm doing my shopping in their shop, right? And guess what? She makes sure it's delivered at the time that I want it. You know, little bits and extra like that. She would say, hey, you know what? Your purchase actually reached this much. You get a free wiper, you know, for your, for your Mac or something like that. It's, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, I would never know. I would never even know about those little extras that I am missing out if she doesn't tell me. 
Last week, she actually sent me a note saying, ma'am, I know that you're looking for this item, this item, and this item. It's fantastic. It's fantastic timing because we're going into sale. Guess what? I saved money because I bought stuff that I needed at home. That's fantastic customer service. She's always looking out for me. That's amazing. And the fact that it's not only, it's very personalized, even though you never get to see this person face to face, the most interaction you'll have with them is a message on an app or maybe at best a call. And the fact that they go the extra mile to provide that, that really speaks volumes about how much they care. I guess I can relate in the sense that I ordered a t-shirt from a company in the U.S., and I had it shipped to uh, to my tita in New Jersey. And when the shirt got to me here in Manila, it was not the shirt I ordered. So I hit them up with an email and I explained what had happened, even though it had been two or three months since the original transaction. And the customer service person replied and apologized and immediately said, let me send you the right shirt in the right size to your address there in Manila at no oh my to you. So for oh my. me, I guess that would be my pinnacle of customer service experience. So now you got two shirts. Yes. I, I ended up getting two shirts for the price of one. And, you know, um, because I do care about making the most out of my money, that's a great deal. <laughs> but best of all, you got what you wanted in a short amount of time after hitting them up with an email. How's that for experience? That is Sayadeva. Uh, that is fantastic. customer service. Absolutely. It is. Indeed. So, indeed. So on the flip side, there has to be the contrast. There has to be a bad experience or a negative experience. But I want to hear from the expert, like how do we quantify these experiences? Is it fair to call them bad or negative or unsatisfactory? I call it no customer experience at all. It's absent. It's absent. Customer service was absent at all in all those times. I don't know. Sometimes probably it happens because the person who's delivering the service is wiped out, very tired. He's having or she's having a bad day on that day that you were the customer in front of her. I don't know. Probably they they lack training on how it should be delivered because you and I are are, are the recipient of stuff like, I mom di pwede. Right. I sorry, mom. It's like... They won't even do it. You know, which reminds me of a fantastic customer service. I was having my birthday in 2019. So my kids and I, my family, we saw we saw Romeo and Juliet at the CCP. It's like, oh, wow, this is a fantastic way to, to spend my birthday. You know, I got free tickets watching, watching this thing at the CCP. We walk across the street. We drove across the street. There's... Um, very famous uh, place to eat there. So we got there and the lady said to me, oh, I'm sorry, madam, but this area is already closed. You cannot have the buffet anymore. You have to order from, from this side. And I said, that's fine. However, I saw bread. I love that bread that's there on the buffet table. Can I have some of that, please? And she said, I mom, di pwede. I was like, oh, why is that? Oh, because the buffet is closed. And I was like, no, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm fine. You just charge me how much that is, right? And she said to me, oh, no, cannot be done. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. And then the, the head waiter, he was much more um, senior in age. I could, I could tell. And mm-hmm. he came over and he said, hi, madam, how can I help you today? I said, you know what? It's my birthday. And he said, oh, wow, happy birthday, ma'am. How can we make this uh, event more pleasurable? I want to buy the bread over there in the buffet. I know the buffet is closed, but I want to buy that particular bread because, you know, I, I just have the, 
I, I have the munchies looking at it today. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, not a problem. We can arrange that. You know what? He came back with a big basket of bread, all assortments. And not only that, he threw in several slices of cakes. And, and I said to him, please do not give me a birthday cake. I don't think anybody will be able to eat that tonight anymore. <laughs> I mean, how's that? From really awful customer service to fantastic customer service, right? And I could tell you in that instance, I think it was the experience and the training that that lead guy was able to deliver better customer service. I think with regard to the younger wait staff, the one who uh, didn't give the uh, satisfactory customer service, it was a matter of not being flexible. And the way I looked at it was, kikita ka na nga eh, if if I pay you, so why not just <laughs> and make a make some extra money out of it? So that really boggled my mind. And I think the, the best way to improve that is, as you mentioned, just finding a different way to go about it, being flexible, and it goes back to having that experience. Can you give me another example of? customer service being absent and how you dealt with that. Oh, goodness. And again, I would ask, Stan, do you have all day? (laughs) (laughs) I'm all ears. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, let me share this. So I think it's normal, even at our age, that we are sent on errands by our elders, right? So I have an aunt who told me to go to her branch of account in order for her to make a domestic transfer. You know, she being a senior and all that stuff, she said she doesn't want to go out of her house. And the bank being across from where I live, you know, very, very near, it's a five minute drive. I said, okay, let me do it for you. So I went over to the bank. And of course, I don't have any personality whatsoever in that bank. And I went over to the manager and I said, you know, I was sent on an errand. This is the paperwork and all that stuff and all that. And he looked at me and he looked at the wall clock and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. But the cutoff is at 11 o'clock. It's already past 11 o'clock. And I said, oh, it's okay. In that case, you don't have to, you know, process this within the day. I can just submit to you the paperwork and, you know, and then you process it the following day. And then he looked at me again and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I cannot do that. And I said, why can't you do that? Because the cutoff is at 11, right? I mean, there's no money that will be exchanging hands. They'll be debiting the money to be domestically transferred to another account from my my aunt's uh, account number and all that stuff. But guess what? He just looked at me again and said, it's past 11 o'clock. Just come back tomorrow. And... And there was no explanation whatsoever. Guess what I did? What did you do? Promptly closed my account. And I told my aunt to close my account also. And that's what I did. Really. I'm I'm sure I don't contribute to the total, you know, branch of account kind of value. But hey, you know, I'm never going to deal with you again. I probably have 1,000 pesos in that account. It's not going to sit there. Not anymore, right? And they lost your business just because they came across as, um, in a way, tamad, in a way, inflexible, and very by the book. Na tipong, it's 11, so ayoko na, hindi ko natatanggapin yan. And sometimes yeah. in business, you have to be a bit flexible. You have to learn how to accommodate the customer when they've made the effort to transact with you. Exactly, exactly. And I love it when you said tamad, because I think that's um, the flip side of fantastic customer service. Because if you're not the mod, I think you'll be able to deliver fantastic customer service. You're halfway there already. 
You know what, Agnes? I would never want to go through that myself. You're absolutely right. Customer service was absent, and that's something I would never wish on anybody. Thank you for sharing with us these customer experiences. But before we put our hats on what customer experience should be, let's hear a message from our partner. Red Hat is so happy to be part of this podcast. As a trusted advisor to the Fortune 500, Red Hat provides award-winning support, training, and consulting services that bring the benefits of open innovation to any industry. MDI Novare is Advanced Business Partner of Red Hat, and we work together with our commitment to help organizations prepare for the digital future. Email us at insidesales at mdi.net.ph and let's start working together. Welcome back to My Digital Impact. Thank you, Red Hat. Hey, Red Hat. Thank you very much for the support. Agnes, we talked about the unpleasant customer experience earlier. And zooming out of those stories, how can these experiences be improved? There's so many ways, you know. I mean, like us Filipinos, I think service is innate in us. Uh, You know that our I, I hate to call it that, but a lot of uh, our exports, so to speak, is service. I think it's it's very innate in us, of Filipino nature, to serve and um, to make people feel better about the service that we deliver. We're known for our hospitality, and I think that that's uh, that's another thing that that works for us. How can it be improved? It can be improved by so many ways. It can be improved by training. It can be improved by understanding, and it can be improved by by really putting the customer first, you know, making sure that uh, what they came for is something that we will be able to deliver. You mentioned earlier that there was an experience where the more uh, the more tenured, the more senior wait staff was able to adapt quickly because they'd probably gone through a similar situation in the past or maybe because they just got an adequate training. But what if you're relatively new to the field? How are you going to ensure that you can provide that flexibility, that service, despite not having as much experience as the more senior one? Well, staff that are empowered, staff that are fully trained before they even let loose in the field will be able to deliver fantastic customer experience. I'm very sure of that. You and I were young ones, right? And I think you and I, despite the fact that we were, you know, wet behind the ears, as they would call it, or greenhorns, <laughs> uh, we're, we're still able to deliver fantastic customer experience. I, I have customers that I dealt with as a very junior account manager and of course, them and I, we were climbing the ladder, you know, progressing in, in this so-called career of ours. And, um, you know, they still go back to the time that I was serving them as an account person. They still go back to that. And I think that spells that I was uh, the recipient of fantastic training coming from the companies that I've worked for. It also tells me that I was empowered by the bosses that I was working for. And it also tells me that Probably, I really like service, you know. It's, it's, it's also part of my nature. I can tell that this is something you're incredibly passionate about, the way you speak about these Indeed. stories, these experiences. I can learn a whole lot from you, and that's why I'm really excited that you've got this all-new podcast from MDI Novare. It's called My Digital Impact. The word impact to me is very meaningful in so many ways, given my own background. But regarding the podcast, you'll be having conversations with exceptional business leaders just like yourself on customer experience. Now, why is it important for businesses to pay attention to giving excellent experience to their customers? Let me give you an example. I was attending a uh, big conference 
I think this is uh, 2018 or so. So this is a big conglomerate with their CEOs all on stage. And one of the people said on stage saying, guys, we can have all the bells and the whistles, but if nobody picks up that phone when somebody complains, I don't think we're good. And that, that stuck with me. That really stuck with me forevermore confirming that my belief that customer service will still spell the difference. You know, probably you can have the same tech, probably you can have the same delivery methods, probably you can implement all at the same time, but the way you deliver, the way your customer service works would definitely spell the difference. I mean, how powerful is that? Yeah, have all the bells and whistles, but if nobody picks up that phone call, I don't think that's perfect, right? So yeah. Uh, I don't know I, if you agree with that, Stan. But No, I absolutely agree. In fact, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we, we talked about the staff because the staff, they're the frontliners, so to speak, in every company, right? They're the ones who, are, who, who bring the customer experience to life. But does customer service stop at the staff level or when you hit the CEO level, when you hit the executive level, does the customer experience or the act of giving customer experience stop there? No, definitely not. This is a company culture that we are espousing. Obsessive customer experiences, as we like to put it, is transformative. It transforms a company from being able to go from step one to step two and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I do remember a story many moons ago, and I think this was in 2010. Mm-hmm. Even the CEO was taking in customer service calls. This is a very big company and even their CEO was tackling customer service calls. Even today, what their mantra is, everyone is a customer service representative. I can actually report an issue with that product to any person in their company and any person in the company will pick it up as if it's a customer service representative. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? It's it's like it's like a 10-ton brick being carried by 10,000 people. How easy is that to carry around, right? So Agnes, I really loved that story about the CEO going above and beyond to provide that level of customer service. But how does that trickle down to the entire company? Well, if it's very natural, even for the leaders of the company to be you know, providing excellent customer service, I don't see how it will not be as pervasive in the population of the whole company. Uh, That example that I just gave you, Stan, has Mm -hmm. actually created that atmosphere in that particular company that we're talking about. The same way as MDI Novari, that's my aspiration. I like service. I'm obsessed about delivering fantastic customer experience. And when I mean, they see how easy, how natural it is for us to be able to deliver that, I'm sure this will be something that everybody will be doing down the road. I'm learning so much about customer experience obsession just from talking to you, Agnes, and spending this time with you. And I know that you want to bring all of these conversations into the world of podcasting. So how do you plan to do that? Well, thank you very much, Stan. I'm actually very excited. You know, we have lined up several business leaders who I will have conversations about customer service obsession as well. I'm sure I will be learning a lot from them during these conversations, and I'll be able to share this with the listeners of our podcast. As with every business, there's got to be a big goal, and this podcast will be no different. So Agnes, what's the big goal for your series, Customer Experience Obsession? 
We have set goals every year. And one of the goals that we have set is actually transformative customer service. And we will deliver this by customer experience obsession. And that is my digital impact. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are looking forward to what you have on your show and everything that you'll be able to share with us in these conversations. So Agnes, please invite our listeners to check out your new podcast. Thank you, Stan. I'd like to invite you to my very first, and I'm so excited, to my podcast, Customer Experience Obsession, on my digital impact on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you. No, thank you, Agnes. I just like to say welcome to the world of podcasting. I'm sure that it'll be a very positive experience for you and for our listeners because there's always something new to learn whenever you listen to these conversations. And I'm looking forward to your digital impact. Once again, that's Agnes Hervasho, the CEO of MDI Novare. And you can hear more of her and her conversations with various business leaders on customer experience obsession. My name is Stan C. Thank you very much for joining us on My Digital Impact, brought to you by the MDI Novare Technology Network in partnership with Red Hat. Happy listening! This podcast is brought to you by Red Hat. Red Hat is a world's leading provider of enterprise open source software solutions and services, committed to help customers develop cloud native applications, integrate existing and new IT, and automate, secure, and manage complex environments. Email us at insidesales at mdi.net.ph. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>